Another one. Another one. We the best music. DJ Khaled. I don't know if you could take it. No, you wanna see me naked, naked, naked. I wanna be a baby, baby, baby. We the best music. What is up, everybody? I was just for a little, for a little live test there that we had. Unfortunately, on this app, one of the learning curves that we had is that I can't pull Nick in before I go live. So it's kind of annoying. I may look for another platform. I don't know, but for now, we're up and running. It's Swags here with the Prof via the remote. We're going to get another From the Hill podcast in. A lot is going on in the world of sports. Got a couple of things we want to talk about, as always. Real quick, before we get into it, we're getting back on a regular cadence here, everybody. So, again, make sure you know where to find us at when we're not live. That is YouTube and the iTunes podcast app. Make sure you, you search, in quotations, from underscore the underscore hill. Please do us a favor. Make sure you like, subscribe, share the videos. Helps us out. We're trying to get back into this regular weekly cadence. This way we can get out there, get on everybody's radar, get everybody back into the regular flow. Yeah, and we're trying to do it with me being at home. It's a little bit more difficult than we originally thought just because of this platform. But and I'm still yeah. having trouble hearing anything because it's all in my ear. I'm reverbing myself. But Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it. it's a learning curve, but we'll deal with it. Um, there's a lot of things I like about this platform. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't. So we may switch up. We'll see what happens. But for now, we're going to go with this. So before we get into the sports, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about as usual. First, I just actually retweeted. Rosillo Rac- put this out actually close to when I finished the show, which is really happy because you know how much I love Ryan Rosillo. But I got some, on the advice of someone, I checked out Mindhunter on Netflix. Are you familiar with this Netflix series, Nick? No, I've heard of it, though. And it's gotten good reviews from the people that I've talked to. I just haven't had a second to dive into it. Yes. So season two just came out of this show and I hadn't seen season one, uh, but typical of Netflix, you can binge there or most shows now, right? That come out in season, you can binge it. So uh, in about a week and a half, two weeks, I binged season one and I just finished season two. Um, Highly recommend this show for a couple reasons. So real quick, the premise of the show is it's set in about the late 70s, I believe, early 80s era, right? Because everybody smokes. You can still smoke cigarettes on a plane, uh, which is weird in a lot of scenes. But anyway, so it's these guys work at the FBI, and they're in what is a new unit at the time for the FBI called the Behavioral Science Unit. And essentially what they do is they interview serial killers, which isn't even a term yet, right? These guys actually coined the term that have already been caught and imprisoned, and they're trying to create what is now the FBI profiling system that we know today, but back then, it didn't exist. So it is actors portraying these you know, real-life characters in a way, um, and it's very, very interesting. So along the lines of a lot of the reality shows that Netflix has about real-life crimes, like Making a Murderer and et cetera, Confession Tapes we've talked about, it's sort of in that realm, right? It's kind of, sort of. But it's made up. It is sort of made up. It, it yeah, it's it's based on these real guys and real life criminals, but it's actors, right? So it's it's based on a true story in a in a sense, but it's not okay. actual. How footage. many seasons are there? There's two. 
this the second season just came out um but i highly recommend watching highly recommend it i really really like the show genuinely are we talking hour longs or what some of them are 40 minutes some of them are an hour and 10 minutes right it's weird how they their episodes kind of break out but yeah essentially assume every episode is an hour i believe the first season is eight second season maybe eight or nine is it one of these like dark whisper shows like you can't hear everything and you have to turn up the volume really loud no 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 nope no it's it's very it's very um it's bright i feel like they do it on purpose because they bring in to and i don't want to give anything away for someone that wants to watch the show but they bring in big name famous serial killers right that they interview in prison so they intentionally, I feel like, have it lit up more than what probably would be in a prison, if that makes sense, right? For the Hollywood effect of a drama. Um, so, no, it, it's it's very well done. I highly, highly recommend it. Dude, I don't have any go. I don't have any shows going on right now, so that's definitely one that I've heard about a bunch. But if anybody else has some other ones that I should get into, I heard uh, something about On the Hill, the City on the Hill. Have you gotten into that one yet? Did we talk I, about that I, one last week? No, 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 no. I've not gotten into that. I've heard that's a good one, but it's not even on Netflix. It's on. Oh, wow. I'm big time. This is really messed up. Different platform. Yeah. Sorry. So I was just hearing myself back in my headphones trying to get okay. streams up. It's a whole mess. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a good time. Okay. So my, yeah. So if you were following last podcast, I talked about, Amazon Prime, right? That was The Boys. That show I loved. And then this is Mindhunter on Netflix. Two different platforms. Highly recommended. Two different type of shows. Both very good. Yes. Looking forward to getting into both of them when I can find some time. Yes. So real quick, Nick brought up something that we could talk about because obviously if you follow on social media, there's sort of a Chick-fil-A Popeye's war going on, right? So Nick sends me a text and he's like, Hey, can we talk about that? Have you ever had Popeyes? I was like, no, I've never had Popeyes. Have you? And what did you say? Dude, I've never, I've never gone to Popeyes before. <laughs> I've never gone to Popeyes once. So I can't comment. I've attempted to go into Popeyes once because there used to be, they used to be in the Plymouth meeting mall and you'd walk by there, but I always just walk upstairs to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, just exactly. Never tried Popeyes. I'm curious now to try it. This is a great publicity stunt by them because normally I would never go to Popeyes if I want a chicken sandwich. I would always go Chick-fil-A unless it's Sunday. Um, but neither one of us had Popeyes. Brings up something interesting that I wanted to discuss. So yesterday I went food shopping and I try and eat as healthy as possible, but obviously I'm going to get some food that's not perfectly healthy for you. But what I've been doing rather than getting like potato chips is I'll get like chicken nuggets, right? Because if I'm going to stick my hand into a bag of potato chips, oh, yeah. chicken chicken nuggets are a little bit better for you, right? So what, when I'm shopping for chicken nuggets... You throw them in the microwave? What's that? You throw them in the microwave? Of course. Yeah. I microwave absolutely. chicken nuggets all the time. All the time. Amanda's like, that's the, that's the grossest thing you could ever do. She always oh, puts bro. them in the, in the oven. No, I love it. I actually thought about getting a toaster oven because I've been eating so many chicken nuggets. But this is going to hit home maybe for you, given the fact that you now have a child. But when I'm shopping for chicken nuggets, right? So I see they have ch regular chicken nuggets. They're like two for, I don't know, five bucks or two for four dollars or whatever. I know but what you same, did. The same brand chicken nuggets. I know what you did. Right next to them are you dinosaurs. You bought the dinosaurs, didn't yeah. you? 
I so I'm like, you know what? Why would I not get the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm a 33 year old man child, and if I'm making chicken nuggets in the microwave, god damn it, they're gonna be shaped like a fucking dinosaur. Oh, I knew you bought the dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a life hack right there. Right? I mean, uh, listen, if I'm faced with regular shaped nuggets or little dinosaurs, the little dinosaurs win every time. Here's my problem, man. I'm glad that I can't eat chicken nuggets based on my current diet that I've been going on for a long time. But I could probably get three packs, maybe four packs of the dinosaurs, and I would dominate them in They're one so set. Good. They're so good. Yeah. Here's the way I look at it. I used to have them all the time. Yeah. The way I look at it is I'm not keto like you, so I can have the breaded chicken nugget, right? But if me, if I'm going to go to snack, potato chips are like the worst thing for you, right? So obviously it's better to have like six or seven dinosaur chicken nuggets than it is to eat like half a bag of potato chips. There's more health value there for you, at least. At least I feel that way. So I go with the nuggets. Dino actually chimed in on the show real quick. He says, Amazon Prime's documentary, All the Queen's Horses. What is that about, Dino? I've never even heard of it. I'm scared to see what Dino's even watching. Well, Dino. All the Queen's Horses. Who knows? Dino actually is big on our show recommendations, as you should be, because I'm not a big show guy. So if I give out a show, it's worth at least a watch. I turned a couple people actually on my stream uh, on Tuesday onto mind hunters and they already came back and said that they're already hooked i mean if you watch the first couple episodes of mind hunters you'll get hooked it's very very has good. anybody on here right now ever watched um the one on tnt animal kingdom anybody i've never think? watched animal kingdom no i, I don't know I if anybody in chat on it and they have some decent storylines like i liked it a lot um and i think it's starting to wrap up a little bit i think they just had the finale one of the finales last night or the night before but wanted to see everybody's thoughts on that that's a pretty good one i got into it at least i was able to get into it for a little bit it was like one of those ones that you start and it fades away here and there and you, but your dvr continues to record them so when you have time you go back and just like sure. one on. yeah well it's kind of the beauty of like the new way series are released especially via netflix and amazon or these other streaming platforms they give you the whole season so it's great you can watch it right away or you can watch it when you want as opposed to like Game of Thrones or HBO shows that are once a week. I get it. They're still old school. So, into the meat of the sports. Obviously, we can't go anywhere without talking about the big news from the end of last weekend. And that would be Andrew Luck retires from the NFL at age 29. There's a lot to cover here, and we're going to talk a lot about this. Off the rip, let me just give you some of the things that's, that jump out to me and then some statistics regarding Andrew. I won't kill you with stats, right? You can look it up. Obviously, he's been a good player. But to me, as well as I think the fans, the timing here is almost as shocking as the name, right, given we're two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. But just baseline luck, Andrew Luck was the number one overall pick for the Colts in the 2012 draft. He's a four-time pro bowler. He led the NFL in touchdowns in 2014, and he was the comeback player of the year last year. He threw for over 4,000 yards. What's up, Bobby? Uh, let's see. And real quick, Dino says, the town in Illinois called Dixon. The lady winds up stealing $53 million from a small town over 20 years. Interesting. Okay. Okay. That's all the Queen's horses. Okay. So Locke announces his retirement, right? And... The Colts fans are just 
in utter disbelief, right? I mean, he's their franchise quarterback, comeback player of the year last year, as I just said, threw for over 4,000 yards. He's done. And it's, I mean, clearly he had his press conference. If anybody saw it, you should check it out. He's very emotional. Um, I mean, there's not a person, I don't think, in the NFL or outside of it that doesn't view luck as a stand-up type of guy. But he has had a litany of injuries leading up to what he's got now, what appears to be a high ankle sprain that's been nagging him. And he basically just said, the pain is too much. I can't keep going. My body's broken down. I can't injure, rehab, repeat, injure, rehab, repeat. I can't do it. So stopping here, I want to hear Nick's take on the retirement itself and the fan reaction, and then I'll weigh in on how I see it. The retirement itself is kind of like, uh, God, you're kind of leaving us in a weird spot here. We're like a week before the season starts. That's the only problem that I really have with it. It came out early on in camp, rehabbing his ankle or his calf or whatever the actual issue is. I would say – Dude, if you want to retire then, if you want to give him like at least a month to try to get something in place, this was just really close to the beginning of the season. Well, here's so the thing I with get that. It that he doesn't necessarily owe them anything because of he's he's been successful in the past, but at the same time, they're looking for him to kind of build a dynasty. It's tough because Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, it's like okay, you guys got a pretty lucky string of quarterback play here, but at the same time, he kind of left them high and dry. Okay, That's so my I, in a lot of ways, I agree. Um, a couple things that I'll challenge you on. First is the comment of the timing, right? And I don't think, clearly, from Locke's perspective, that the timing indicated him in any way trying to hurt the team in this season because – from from a lot of standpoints, what Nick's saying is true. Because, look, the Colts are picked to win that division with Luck, right, given the way they finished last season and what they've done with their roster this year. But from Luck's perspective, right, he was hurt again, and he was trying to rehab another injury, so he came back to see if he could do it, right? And essentially, what has happened is his body is just telling him no to the point where enough is enough. And the- Yeah, but why not be upfront about your injury? Like, the whole time – this whole preseason, it's been no. He's fine. He's nursing a little okay, bit. Okay, well, lower body injury. Up front with who? Is that was that Luck saying that to the media and fans, or is that the Colts saying that out? And Luck could be very well being up front with the medical staff of the Colts, right? But what the Colts are releasing to the fans, which may be giving them a bad picture of Luck, is that well, he's not really that injured, or with the shoulder, right? They didn't tell us anything. The Colts have not been forthcoming with the media and the fans about Luck's injury status. And so I feel like he's catching a lot of fallout of them telling their fans. Think about, it, think about it like this. If they were honest and upfront at the beginning of the preseason, wouldn't it wouldn't it have assisted in easing into this retirement instead of fans finding out in the fourth quarter of the third preseason game of the of the this season? Like Ease into it, not just like, oh, yeah, this dude's fine. He has a lower body injury. He'll be good for week one. No big deal. And then they find out in the fourth quarter of the third preseason game. And that's what sets off the booze. That's what pisses people off. Right. So in what way then, let me ask you this question, in what way would you have wanted them to have known that he was contemplating retirement before that point? 
like, would you have them have said, well, listen, we've spoken to Andrew. He's going to see if he can work through his injuries, but he's thinking about retiring. And no, the reason that I, the season, Hey, this injury, whenever he's nursing, whenever he's coming back from, which it's still not even clear. It's, you know, at the beginning of the season, he's dealing with this. He's working through this last year. He was dealing with the shoulder, right? Like the culmination of things and, and actually being upfront with people on how he's progressing, that would ease you into, hey, this guy might retire. This was just but, like truly but, out of the So you say that would ease you in, but think about the circus you would create for that team trying to get ready for a season, right? In the media and that town, if you thought that there was a chance, think about it, put it back this way, right? If we thought here in this town, starting this season, that Carson Wentz coming off another injury was going, well, I'm going to give this injury one more shot, but if it doesn't work out here in camp and preseason, I'm going to retire. Think about the fucking circus that would be in town. It would be a joke. You've really, in this well, situation, the difference now? in my opinion, only have two choices. It's either you hide it until it comes out, and then he makes a decision, and, it's, and you just hit it like it's a fucking bat to the head, right? Just a blunt shot. Or like there is no releasing it slowly that way and leaking it because once it comes out that he's thinking about retiring, right? What's the old adage? If you're thinking about retiring, you're already retired, right? Once it comes out that he's thinking about it, dude, it's going to be such a circus that it's going to be untenable. Is so, it more of a circus than the, what's going on right now? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be any less, in my opinion. It wouldn't be any less, and it would have been worse before he actually announced it. So... Well, what we saw on the sideline or whatever night that was, Saturday night. What night was it? Saturday yeah, night. It was Saturday. What we saw on the sideline was Jacoby Brissett finding out from Andrew Luck on the sideline. And he was like, dude, are you serious? Oh, sure. So you don't want to prep him for that a little bit? But you don't know. Here's the thing. And this is why I feel like Luck could be getting just a bit of unwanted or unnecessary flack on this. He clearly, and he said this, and the owner and Frank Reich, the head coach, acknowledged that he had conversations with all of them about this before that point. But I'm certain of this fact. They said to him, do not tell anybody this, including the media or teammates, until you're certain. Because of the level of unrest that can create amongst the team, knowing that your franchise quarterback is contemplating retirement. That's completely fine. But you can't. Throw Jacoby Brissett a bone, like, hey man, you might be our starter this year. But listen, the dive into that playbook a little bit. The backup's supposed to prepare like they're the starter all the time. That's what they're getting paid the big bucks for. We know that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, speaking of those lines now, with Luck retiring, it leaves the Colts in a really rough spot, as Nick was alluding to, right? Because most team, most NFL prognosticators had them picked to win the AFC South. Therefore, now and I don't staring, even think it was a question. Yeah, the same roster, but with Jacoby Brissett. So the fans are booing him, as Nick said, as he leaves the field in the fourth quarter of their third preseason game. He has an emotional press conference. And now the Colts are in just a really interesting situation. But the real question here is, and a lot of people are bringing this up, does it leave it? Do we really think like this gets left open for Locke to take a year off and then maybe come back? Yeah. I agree. The kid's 29. I say kid. He, the grown man. He's 29 years old. And 
what could happen here. To me, when I when I think about this, and I think Luck feels the same way. Listen, he's a tough guy, clearly. They showed a bunch of videos of him getting landed on by everyone from Terrell Suggs to, you know, big defensive tackles. And he's always like, nice hit, big man. Nice hit, big man. Like, the guy clearly loves football, and he's a, he's a big guy. But I think the mental toll of the pain is worse than the actual physical rehab and, and the physical toll that's been taken on his body. And so what I think the Colts fans have to hope for, and NFL fans overall, right, myself included, you know how much I love Luck. I view Luck as a top five quarterback in the league. I, if I... If I was naming my top five before he retired, he's there. So what we hope for is that a year off, he can heal those injuries and that mental block that has accumulated there can kind of dissolve on him coming back. But the, but then the problem with that is... Dude, do you think it's a mental block? I do. Here's what I think. Can I, I tell you what I think? Yeah, sure. Can I give you an ignorant take warning? Yeah, go for it. So we know how weird of a guy he is, right? He reads all these books. He's like such a smart guy. He went to Stanford. He talks sure. funny. Okay. I really think that what he's looking to do is like, I really need to live my life. I need to travel. I need to see the world. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's married. I don't think he's married or anything like he's that. He's married. I and I, I think his wife may be with child. I don't know. I don't know about all that stuff, but I think he has a feeling like, oh, I need to see the world. I need to travel the world. It's like, dude, you probably could have done that later on in life i think he's gonna do that for a year and get a little bit bored and refine his passion for the game i think he's right. a quirky guy you could yeah, be right like, i can do this because i can do this dino chimed in so good questions dino so what is raised here about a player retiring is do the Colts still own his rights to become yes back? they do if, yes and they, they were do. very specific about that correct if you remember couple years ago, I think it was either last year or two years ago, because Calvin Johnson's been retired for a few years now, right? And there was yeah. always whispers of, can someone grab him? But they'd have to buy or get the rights to Calvin Johnson from the Lions before he could play on another team. Same applies with Andrew Locke. If he de-retires, I don't even know, unretire, whatever you would coin it, the Colts still own his rights. So therefore, someone would either have to purchase and or trade for the rights of Andrew Locke if he were to come back. Otherwise, he's a cult. You could be yeah. right. You could be right. I actually think that's what you think I think is some part of that. I think that what has happened to him is he has been hurt so bad and banged up so bad that the mental side of future life, to your point. Dude, about, so he is having a kid. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. He, out like he's a child, right? Yeah. So he knee-jerk reaction to that doesn't want to be one of these cripples with scrambled eggs for brains when he's 50 years old right trying to raise a teenage kid but that's the eggs has never been so the problem hard, right so never, up. it hasn't been the eggs it's been the shoulder it's been the leg it's never been like concussion issues all, all the above he wants to be able to walk he doesn't want to have six ankle surgeries he doesn't want to have not be able to throw a ball for the rest of his life like all the above right I get that, but sixty million plus goes a long way to making that feel better. I agree. And here's the problem when you talk to listen, Nick and I, we're not Andrew Luck. We all make millions of dollars a year, right? This is the problem when you break this down. <laughs> you see this roof? Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem when you break this down at a level like us, which you'd be looking at it almost a fan's perspective, right? Because we don't make that kind of money. And so when if you 
were to put $60 million in front of me, I would drag my ass through hellfire and brimstone, right? To quote like WWE, Kane style, to get that fucking money, right? But I haven't already made 70, 80, 90 million or whatever he's already made. So there's a yin to the yang there, right? Like how much is too much for him? And clearly he's reached that breaking point, unfortunately, for the Colts and for the NFL. He's always been one of those guys that makes it a point to make sure we all know that money doesn't matter to him. He's very well read. Wants to travel the world. I feel like this is part of that. Like, he's going to go away for a year, watch his team. They're going to stink. He's going to come back to the savior. I give my thought. Yep. I don't disagree. I give it 50 50. Right now, I give him 50 50 on coming back next year. That's what I think. I think a year off may clear his head. He may feel better physically. He may give it a shot. I give it 50 The thing that sucks about it is he's wasting a year of his absolute prime. It is, but if he's not healthy and can't get healthy, what's the point, right? Like, why don't you sit eight games then? Let Jacoby Brissett start eight games. You sit on the sideline. You travel around. You watch the team. When you're ready and you feel better, come back on the field. What's the difference? Like, you'd still get your money. I'm sure that Ursay would be like, fine, dude. That's better than start from scratch. They're bringing in Brock Osweiler right now to be the backup. Well, here's the problem with that. And it's multi-tiered in that. I don't know if Ursay would be like that. He's one of the worst owners in the league, number one. Number two, you're Andrew Locke, right? And if the Colts start 0-4, 0-3, 1-3, how much pressure is there going to be on you to get back in there even though you're not 100%, right? Here's the benefit, though. The benefit is they play in the worst division in like the history of football, right? So you can start 0-4, just like the Texans did last year. And they came back and put together a pretty good season. That's the thing with this particular division. And like he would be by far the best player in that division. Maybe who else is up there? Deshaun Watson? Oh, Maybe I mean, the I only guy that, that might compete. It's not even a question. I mean, like you heard me say, I think Luck's if Luck, was, if Luck is playing to me, he's a top five quarterback. That's just just straight away. You can't name me five better, and I'll argue it with you to the death if he's playing. But if he's not healthy and can't play, I don't know. So, Dino says he bets he eats twenty thousand dinosaur chicken nuggets and gets fat. I I don't know if Andrew Luck eats dino chicken nuggets, but when we get done, I'm going to tweet at him and ask him if he does. It's hard for me to call it a selfish decision because. I feel like he made it definitive. Like he, it wasn't like, but that's how I kind of view it. It's like, okay, if you're not ready to play, you at least, I think, owe it to your team, not the fans. Like, you know, the fans booed like they were owed something. And, you know, we've heard all about the media this week about how the fans were in the wrong, which I have another opinion on that, by the way. But, you owe it to your team to sit around and be like, if it's really for the physical reasons and, and, and you think that there's a chance for you to be better by sitting out two months, I think that, that you owe it to your team. So this late in the season. Right. And I, I kind of go the other way in that I don't think you owe at that level your team or the franchise or the league or anybody else anything. I think it's ultimately his decision. I think, I hope, and I feel like it's not something that he made rash 
It wasn't made and just, okay, I can't do it anymore. I think clearly he's been building up to it. And I think with a game like football, as it's happened, if you told your team that at the beginning of the year, like, hey, I'm going to try to figure this out through preseason. Well, now the team's like, this is my thing, dude. You can't tell your team that you're thinking about retiring, man. As soon as you're thinking about retiring, you're done. Your head's gone. You're out of game. You might as well not even put the pads on. You might as well tell them you can't play for two months. Hey, I cannot play for two months until I'm healthy. I need to reassess in, you know, October, the end of October, November. But take yourself on the other side of this, right? If you are Andrew Luck and you sit down with the owner, the GM, and the head coach, and you say, listen, guys, I'm contemplating retirement. You sure as fucking shit know that Frank Reich sat there and they try to talk him out of it. Try to say, listen, take a couple months off. Let's do some more rehab. Let's take all the time you need. We, you know, we don't want you to retire. But he was so steadfast and, and in set feet in concrete that he was retiring. He is mentally checked out. And that's why I say to you, to me, it's just as much mental as it is physical. Because he can't mentally get over the block now, putting those shoulder pads on, putting that helmet on, going out there and standing in a pocket because he's in too much pain. He doesn't want to get the risk of getting hurt again. Like he his he is gone mentally. He's understood. Understood. But do you know what changes that? Watching your team go out there for two months, eight games, whatever it is, and seeing either they get their brains beat in or on the flip side, what if they were what if they win? What if they're doing well? Don't you want to be a part of that? You know, I think you're right, and I think really that's why he retired. Think about what you're saying. I think you're right, and I think that's why he retired because he knows if he doesn't retire and remove you're, himself from the situation, you know, he's going to put point, himself back in the game. My point is, my point is, you're going to have the same feeling either way, whether he's sitting on the couch or on the bench. Well, he's the only one that's going to know that, right? That's the thing, and we'll find out. We'll find out. Only time's going to tell us there. But this listen, is, I'm uh, sure he's thought about this. Like, I'm sure he's talking about, okay, I'm going to be sitting on the couch watching them do terrible or watching them do well. I understand that. I know he's he's thought about it. But my point is, like, at least give yourself a chance. If you really – if this was really a physical thing, give yourself a chance. Sit on the bench for two months. See if you can do it. So did you catch – did you happen to catch Gronk's reaction to this? Gronk had some comments about this. Did you hear what he said? No. So Gronk also just retired, right? And he's the same age as Luck. He's 29. Gronk obviously has a litany of injury history the same way that Luck has, although he's probably had his eggs scrambled a little bit more than, than Luck has. That's more eggs than... He's got some eggs scrambled up there in the brain. But Gronk said that he was in tears. He was in so much pain after the last Super Bowl. And if you have you seen Gronk recently, Prof? No, he looks not around, I mean, not around he's Hills still anymore. in incredible shape, but he already lost like 30 pounds. Like he, if he wanted to play tomorrow, coaches would be like, bro, you got to put like 20 pounds back on. Like he he's out of football weight instantly, which actually is pretty common these days. Like if you saw Joe Thomas a couple months after he retired, like these guys lose their football weight. If they're the type of guys, that I heard Chris Long's looking pretty skinny. Yeah. Like these guys drop that weight that they carry around pretty quick. Um, but I've sort of digressed there. My point is, is that once the the pain threshold, 
He's on the keto. <laughs> is that right, Bone? Yeah. Is he on the keto? Be on the keto huh? <laughs> um, once guys get to that point in their head mentally where they've reached a threshold where they're the pain versus the playing, the, the passion for the game, but the pain of the injuries is too much. It's a wrap, dude. And I think their brain just shuts down to the point where it's like my love for the game and the money and the fame and the adoration, everything else, it has been superseded by this pain of the injuries, and I, I can't do it anymore. I mean, we're talking a little bit of a different position than agree, but it's but it's the same concept, right? Because they're both retiring because their bodies are failing them. What, so, what? Yeah, all right. So I they, mean, Andrew looked said, no, had a good season last year. I agree. Stacy chimes in. Gronk looks happier. Gronk does look happier. He said he's happier, right? I mean, he's wasted. Well, ah, uh, I don't know. He looked pretty sober in this press conference. He's on, <laughs> I'm sure he's he's having fun. Up on energy he's drink too, and. Uh, <laughs> Car bombs. Yeah, well, he has fun when he plays too. Gronk's type guy has fun. My Listen, point is Gronk's that, gonna be back. I don't know about that, dude. I really think that Gronk is done. I mean, Gronk's just from watching him play, I Definitely. don't think Gronk's coming back. I'm telling you, if he wants to come back, he's got to put like 30 pounds back on. That's not hard. No. You think putting 30 pounds on is hard? Well, that's that. So Bone chimes in. He thinks Luck will be back in a year or two. Nick and I. Nick says I think Nick's pretty confident he'll be back in a year. I give it fifty-fifty. I think it's going to be really hard for him to sit out, watch his team. Like I said, do whatever. Any result, he, it's going to be really hard for him to say, "Hey, I'm in my prime." There's a, in the history of the world, there's a handful of people that have the opportunity to do this, to do what he's able to do. No and, question. You know. I think once he goes to Europe a couple times, you know, go to Africa, go to Asia, travel the world, go wherever you want. It's like, okay, you did it. Now get back into what you're supposed to be doing, what you were kind of born to do, man. Like you're you're one you're in a very very small group of people that have the opportunity to do it, to do what you do. Yes, time time will tell and we shall see. So one more thing that we wanted to cover real quick before we get out of here. So college football season started, right? We had a semi-big game uh, Saturday night. That was VU against Florida. And we sort of talked about this last year, and we're, we, we will end up talking about this a lot as the college football season really gets ramped up because every game in the college football season is so important, right? And one loss can almost kill a season in a lot of ch- cases or your chance of making the football playoff and or the national championship. So Nick brought up a topic that we wanted to throw out there and that is scheduling these big games or big ish games to start the season. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? I think it's a, a big play by, you know, by these two teams that to, to schedule what, what actually used to be a bigger rivalry, but hopefully that rivalry rivalry is being renewed. I mean, to schedule that up front with two teams that are supposed to be fairly decent. I mean, obviously they're not going to be national championship contenders, either of these two teams. And Florida had a lot more to lose, honestly, than, than Miami did. Um, but even the game this weekend, Auburn, Oregon, pretty big game. Like th- these are two pretty, pretty big teams that are up there in the ranking so far. Mm-hmm. I think Auburn's dropped back a, a little bit more. Intra big five, right? Yeah. So I think it's a big risk. But there's also big reward. Right. And here's the thing. We talk about this every year. Um, 
I'm not trying to sound like a Bama homer. I'm not. I'm not even a Bama fan necessarily, right? But Bama typically in the past, two years ago, we they famously played one versus two, right? Bama played Florida State. The game ended up being kind of a wash because Florida State's quarterback got injured in the first end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, and then it ended up being a route. But if you don't, you really only have two weeks to schedule a big out-of-conference game, right? If you look at the season and the schedule, because right. you get three, yeah, and then you get into your, if you're in a big five conference, a power five conference, as they say, then you're going to get into your regular season schedule. And so I never penalize a team who schedules a big game for the first week and loses. And I think, for me, I would rather see the team schedule the big game lose, but then just bear down in their conference because at the end of the day, they're going to have played that game earlier in the season. And for, for my money, a f- early season loss in college football weighs less than a late season loss, especially because it's intra-conference. In, I'm sorry, I misspoke earlier. When I, inter-conference, right? Because then it's intra-conference within your conference, hurts your chances to get to your conference championship game and then hurts your chances of getting into the pro, uh, the, the college football playoff because you lost a game late season. That's true, but I also feel like it's, you know, this commission or this board or whoever makes these decisions. I feel like the later games are more important because it's fresher in your mind. That's pretty simple. I mean, yeah, we're great. you typically forget what goes on at the beginning of the season. Even if you, you, you do count that loss, obviously, and you look back at it, but it means way less than a big win later in the season. That totally agree. Yeah, totally, agree to totally agree with you. But you look at some of these early games, and there's not a lot of um, not a lot of good ones. I mean, you mentioned the, the two. I mean, I was really excited to watch Florida and Miami. And, I mean, Florida tried to give them the game. Miami sure just didn't did. take it. <laughs> Miami just didn't want to take it. They just yeah, didn't well, and here's the thing, too. Speaking on what you're saying, right? You made a good point about that game. Like, you know, Florida tried to give it to Miami. They didn't want to take it. You have to think, like, these teams are not sharp yet. And so, to your point about the committee having the late games way more important than the early games, they do because a team's coming into form late in the season and you're playing your conference games late in the season, which are your rivalries, and everybody is at their sharpest, bar injury, right? And every team is getting up for you because not only is it so important, it's rivalries within your conference. So, I think that it doesn't necessarily hurt to schedule these games, but sort of where you're going is some years we get lucky with a couple big games on the schedule out of conference, but a lot of times you don't, right? And so the first week you may have one or two key games and then the rest are, for lack of a better term, a power five team playing sisters of the poor, right? Or like a D one double a, and you're just like, or whatever they call it now. Well, and that's where Alabama been criticized over the last. Right. And the, and the, the other side of that coin is, if you're Alabama or if you're Michigan or if you're Ohio State and you're playing in these power conferences and you have to play a Big Ten or an SEC schedule, do you really want to add another top team from a power conference into your schedule, which is already intrinsically tough enough because of your conference, right? So there's always a there's always a back and forth on that discussion with college football. No, and the SEC has the benefit of doing that because you know what you're you're gonna have a rigorous schedule no matter what. That's right. But you're you 
you have to base it on what other teams in that same conference are scheduled. Alabama, you know, I think they kind of get a pass no matter what because everybody kind of just assumes that they should be there in the end anyway. Well, yeah. And it's been that way over the last couple of years. Right. And well, and to that point, right, if you don't schedule any games necessarily out of conference and you're in the SEC, but you win your conference and don't have a loss, you're in, right? If you're an SEC team or a Big Ten team, any Big Ten or SEC team that goes undefeated and wins their conference championship, you'd have to to go undefeated, right? They're making the national championship, Final Four. It's a guarantee. You're making the Final Four. So does the benefit of playing a big team early season to get your strength of schedule up even matter? I don't know. It's it's it. You could you could discuss it either way. You could I think argue you should ask, just ask Georgia. I mean, that was the big contention last year, right? Whether true. they should be the last team or whether it should right. be Oklahoma. Right. That's true. It's very true. But their right. loss came. Their loss came in conference, right? Yeah. Which you know they go through they go through a tough schedule, but. You know, this year, obviously, the the one two everybody has them set. Everybody has them locked in. Clemson, Alabama, which Alabama dealt with a big loss today. Yeah, their linebacker with ACL. Yep, gone. So they took a hit. Is it going to really kill him? He's a (laughs) stud. He's a stud. They're pretty deep. We'll see what happens there. I'm sure it's certainly going to be a step down at least. Um, I should have wrote the kid's name down. I feel bad not having it. but Who's that? Uh, the kid that got hurt. Uh, Dylan that. Moses. Ah, oh, there you go. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, certainly, we're going to ramp up the college football talk as we get into the season here. Uh, you know, Nick and I love to talk college football, and we'll be discussing the scheduling as we start to get into the season, seeing how things shape up. And then we're looking at the college football championship because we'll certainly be looking back to this conversation that we had on your earliest loss and the teams that you lost to, right? And the benefits of scheduling that team or not scheduling that game. So we'll certainly be revisiting that one. Texas getting big love early on for the final four. Yes, they are. How about Texas? Texas is back, baby. That's all I got. I don't know if I agree with. I I think that Oklahoma, I think Jalen Hurts is going to step in with Oklahoma and do a that's pretty good job. I think one, they're gonna. That's gonna be one of the more interesting storylines to watch now, isn't it? Jalen yeah. Hurts on the transfer. See if they're. Uh, I, they lost a lot of O line, but they still have their All American center. And they're in the Big Twelve. Points no will defense. be off on the board. No defense. That's all I got. I'm gonna start to wrap it up. Appreciate everybody hopping on the live feed. Yes, sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm still hearing reverb in my in my ear. So. Yep, we're gonna work on that as always. But thanks everybody for hopping in. Like I said, we're gonna get back into a regular cadence. Nick and I hope everybody enjoys their Labor Day weekend. We're coming out of the summer. We're getting into the fall. It's football season. We've got baseball playoffs coming up. We're gonna talk about that debacle. How about Reese Hoskins last night, bro? Like, what is it with this team? It's not. I don't, Let's see how this goes. All, all being said, we're still a game out. Two, two right now. It's we're we're still there at the end, as bad as we as we've been. And like I said last time, uh, we still haven't hit a run. We still haven't hit this run that all these other teams have hit. So, 
Very true. They still have a chance to get in, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like they're going to do it. Doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't feel, doesn't like, feel like they're going to do it. Because the pitching is so blah. Oh, there's Dino Roll Tide. <laughs> of course. Of course, Dino says Roll Tide. Yeah, that's All right, y'all, we're, we're, we're going to shut it down. Appreciate everybody hopping on. Don't forget about our platforms. Please give us some shares, some likes, some subs, all the above. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your Labor Day holiday. Holiday. For the Prof Swags. Peace. Say it. When you come undone.